Hey, welcome to an off-season edition of the Night Shift. My name is Mike Stubbs. It's time for a catch-up show. How are things going? What's new with the Knights? There's a lot going on. Three new players. Alexei Medvedev, who's a goaltender. Defenseman P.J. Fagan. Forward Blake Aerosmith. They have all joined the team. All draft picks from 2023. We'll talk about how the Knights' depth chart looks later in the episode. We're going to hear from all three of those players. Alexei Medvedev, P.J. Fagan, and Blake Aerosmith. The four of us sat down to chat. We'll talk about Knights players and Knights draft picks who attended the NHL Draft Combine. Don't forget the NHL Entry Draft takes place June 28th. 8th and 29th in Nashville, Oliver Bonk, Denver Barkey, Easton Cowan. They were all at the draft combine, plus three nights draft picks. And you never quite know whether or not we will see them in a London uniform. Casper Haltonen, who was an import pick last year. Aaron Manishan, who is slated to go to Boston College this year. And Jonathan Castagna, who played for the Toronto Marlboros and St. Andrews College. He is slated to play in the BCHL for the Penticton Vs in 22-23. But you never know. Big congratulations to the Quebec Remparts of the QMJHL on winning the Memorial Cup. So now old teammates Dale Hunter and Patrick Waugh are tied. Two Memorial Cups each. The two actually played together in Dale Hunter's final NHL season in Colorado. They made it to the Western Conference final against Dallas that year. Colorado was up 3-2 and they just they kind of ran out of gas. Dallas, that team of Dallas, if I'm remembering right, rolled four lines. And the Avalanche didn't. The Avalanche had a lot of stars on their team. And Dallas won the final two games by scores of 4-1 and 4-1. And then they went on to win the Stanley Cup, beat Buffalo, and yeah, that was the skate in the crease here. I'm wondering something about the way the Memorial Cup keeps going, though. Teams from the QMJHL, congratulations to them, have won four straight Memorial Cups. So we had Acadie Bathurst, Rouen Aranda, then we had a break because of the pandemic, and then we had St. John as the host team last year, and now the Quebec Ramparts. Now, teams that win the Memorial Cup will load up on their rosters, and that happened really with all of those clubs, and then they tend to have some down years. It's tough to really look at Ruan Aranda because they were defending Memorial Cup champions from 2019 until last year in 2022, but Acadie Bathurst won 12 games the year after they won it all. St. John won 24 this past year. So, sure, there's that aspect. Quebec was flush with 19-year-olds. They brought in some players. But I have a curiosity, and maybe it'll turn into a theory. I'm not sure. The WHL last won the Memorial Cup in 2014. That was in London. That was the Edmonton Oil Kings. And they had to win in triple overtime in the semis to knock out Anthony Mantha and the Valdor Fodor before beating Guelph in the final. So the WHL, since that time, has made the final three times. That's it. There have been seven Memorial Cups. They've made it three times. The OHL has won the Memorial Cup three times in that span. They've been finalists two other times. And the QMJHL has four wins, and they have made it the final two other times. So just to add that up, you have the QMJHL six of seven. They've participated in at least the final and won it four times. The OHL has participated or won it five times, and the WHL has not won it in the last seven times, 
and they've only been in the final three times. The WHL, and this is going to be a generalization, so only take it as that. The WHL does not necessarily go as deep on the technical side of the game on the whole. WHL players who come to the OHL, and it doesn't happen often, but in talking with players who've made that move, they will say that the WHL tends to be more dump and chase, tends to have a reliance on the skill on the roster, which is great. This is not a knock against the league. It's just the way that it goes. But when you talk to a player who's made that jump from the WHL to the OHL, they'll say, yeah, there's a step up in the way that video is done and the way that systems are handled. We just saw a team with seven world junior players on it. The Seattle Thunderbirds shut down by a team with one. The Thunderbirds were stacked. Now, here's the theory. The QMJHL has the perfect blend of how-to, so preparation and systems, and then style of hockey. The OHL might be shooting itself in the foot unintentionally by just how hard you have to play to win the league championship. Stay with me here. In 2022, Hamilton was banged up by the time they got to the Memorial Cup, and they still made it to the final. But you had Nathan Steos and Lawson Shirk and Ryan Winterton. You had some key injuries. They were just banged up. That championship series against Windsor was a war. This year, the Peterborough Peets had some significant injuries. Go back and watch some highlights of the final between the Knights and the Peets and then of Quebec and Halifax, and of Seattle and Winnipeg. So the three championship series. Look at how hard the hits were in the OHL, and also how little hitting there was in the other series. The WHL representative risks being shut down by teams from other leagues whose systems might make it tough on them. We saw that this year. The OHL seems to be very battered and bruised and low on fuel. The QMJHL... They have the perfect blend. Last year was a bit of an anomaly because St. John was in perfect health. They'd been off since the end of round one. But it's something to watch as we head towards Saginaw in 2024. The way the leagues play, what it takes to win, and then what shape those leagues are in, the representatives, when they make it to the Memorial Cup. Let's jump back to the present and the NHL draft combine results. These are individual skill tests. So that's what the NHL Combine does. It brings you in, and yes, there will be standing long jump and vertical jump. There's the famous VO2 max score, and you hear that come up. And if you see a VO2 test being done, you will see an athlete on a stationary bike, and he will be wearing a a mask, a hose on a mask. And what it does is it tests your cardio-respiratory fitness. So it will take into account how your lungs, how your heart, how your circulatory system, and how your muscles are working independently and then all in a system. So that's your VO2 max. Fairly complex, but it's something that gets used a lot in hockey. And if you've got a VO2 max... You can go for days. You're that player who can be double shifted. No problem. You will take that on and, you know, you're a defenseman. You play 30 minutes. You're a forward. You play 20. VO2 max. And so that's one of the things they have. Bench press, shuttle run, pull-ups, 
They ride the anaerobic bike. If you want to work out, try the anaerobic bike. You won't go long. It really takes a lot of fitness to ride that thing. So if we break down how things went for current nights, well, all of them showed up in the results. In fact, that VO2 max, Easton Cowan of the London Knights was sixth in his VO2 max score. That's really, really good. Oliver Bonk was 22nd. That is really, really good. Almost 100 players were invited to this. And then Easton Cowan came in ninth in body fat. Uh, he also won the shuttle run, had the best score in the shuttle run. So think back to gym class. You can think back far enough to when they did shuttle runs. Easton Cowan was number one. Knights draft pick Jonathan Castagna was actually number two in that. Denver Barkey, number 10 overall in pull-ups. And then Castagna actually... He's somebody who, if he ever came to play for the Knights, you would notice him in a lot of ways. because He's a very good player, but he's somebody that is a net front presence, does some of his best work in front. But his athletic scores in this were really impressive. Bench press, he was seventh. Squat jump, he was eighth. Anaerobic bike, he was in the top 10. So really good showing for Jonathan Castagna. So now we have ourselves the NHL entry draft, which comes up in Nashville. It'll be June the 28th and June the 29th. Keep all of those scores beside a grain of salt. I mean, they're individual tests. Former Knight Robbie Shrimp still has the best line about the bench press. Not his strong suit and skill testing. And he got up from the bench press and asked, when do I have to bench press somebody off me when I'm on the ice? And he's right. That's not something that comes up all that often. These things don't test your IQ in hockey or your anticipation or plays that you can make, plays you're willing to try to make, how hard you back check. But it gives scouts another dimension of how players look going into the NHL entry draft and – Oliver Bonk, Denver Barkey, Easton Cowan, expect to hear those names fairly early, especially with the way that they performed, helping the London Knights get to the OHL Championship Series. Denver Barkey and Oliver Bonk were on that radar all year. I mean, they played in the top prospects game. Easton Cowan is a really interesting story, and we'll see how high he goes because there's always a player or a number of players, let's face it, who scouts will notice. They'll notice early on in a year, and they'll think, wow, I like this guy, and I bet we can get him in round, whatever it is, and it's not one or two or three. You're thinking, we can get this guy in the later rounds, and it'll be like getting a first round, second round, third round pick by the time he's playing. Easton Cowan was one of those guys, and you'd have scouts saying more and more about him, and then... Pretty soon, all the scouts realized, you know, we're all kind of talking about him. So now, how high does he go? How quickly does an NHL team feel that they have to pull the trigger? Because they have him high on their list, and they want to make sure they get him. That's a storyline to watch. Denver Barkey and Oliver Bonk, tremendous years, and their names were there with scouts throughout the season. Another name to, to listen for, maybe later rounds, and we'll have a pre-draft show on the night shift. But another name to listen for is Jacob Julian. 
and whether or not an NHL team says sure. And then another name to listen for is, of course, Zach Bowen, who had a tremendous rookie season with the London Knights and won 15 games in a row and got a lot of mention among goaltenders. And there were moments when you looked and went, wow, look at what this guy can do. And that's what you need. You need a, a game that will do that. And a game against Ottawa in Ottawa in front of family and friends. Zach Bowen was tremendous. Game one of the OHL championship series, three, nothing shutout by the Knights. You want to know scouts took an awful lot of notes about Zach Bowen. And then Aaron Manishan, he's off to Boston College this year at a great under-18s. He's a defenseman. He had four points in seven games. U.S. won gold. He's from New Jersey. He's projected to go, you know, somewhere 45, 55 in the draft, which puts him in the second round. Jonathan Castagna, who we mentioned, good chance he's going to be in the BCHL. He was an eighth-round pick of the Knights in 2021, but you never know. Depending on which NHL team drafts a player, they may say the best developmental league, the one that most mirrors the NHL, is the Ontario Hockey League. Consider going there. And when that option is on the table, sometimes players will look and go, you know, this, this is the option that I think I should go. Maybe I really do have a shot at making the National Hockey League. And then you have Kasper Haltonen, who's an interesting story. He elected to stay in Finland last year. He was an import pick of the London Knights, and he played in 27 games for HIFK in the Liga, which is the top league. He had one assist. He was a minus seven, but he also played for HIFK U20 and was a lot more productive. That's like playing in the Finnish Junior League. It's it's kind of like the OHL of Finland. So he had 18 goals and 24 points. He was a plus 15. He was the captain of Finland at the U18s and was really good. I mean, Finland had a tough quarterfinal. They lost 3-2 to Slovakia, but Slovakia scored in, I think it was the first minute, and built a 3 nothing lead, and then Finland really started to push in the third period. They were down 3 nothing with 15 minutes left, and Haltonen was the guy who brought them back to within one. He had a goal and then an assist, but the second goal that Finland scored came with 10 seconds left, and they just ran out of time. But he is an impact player. He's a difference maker, and there's still an opportunity that we could see him. Depends on who takes him, where, and what he wants to do with his hockey development. He could stay in Europe for sure at this point because he's not being drafted as a member of an OHL team. He won't have that clock ticking where you have two years before a team has to sign you. So if the team that drafts him says, let's leave him in Europe, let's let him play, let's let him grow. But He's physically imposing. I mean, he's a guy who's got a good frame. So it's not like he has to grow his man's body. He's almost there now. But it always matters as to what that NHL team feels is best for a player's development. In the meantime, the London Knights are certainly looking ahead at what they have in their own system. And there are three new players on the London Knights. And we have seen the Knights now sign... Alexei Medvedev, P.J. Fagan, and Blake Aerosmith to standard player agreements. And so that puts them into the fold for the Knights in 2023-2024. And we had an opportunity to sit down with all three players for a wee bit of a chat about last year and what it's like to join the London Knights. Guys, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Blake, let's go back over this year. Tell us a little bit about what this year was like for you 
prior to the OHL priority selection? Oh uh, yeah, it, it was great. Um, being in Cleveland, uh, with most of the guys that I've grown up with, um, and just having their support and, um, and everything that they did for me leading up to the draft. It was, it was awesome. And Cleveland's a great city. Um, obviously I think, uh, leading up to the draft, I, um, took, took this season pretty seriously and, and, um, I think I produced, which is what ended up uh, leading London to come and watch me in. And uh, the rest is history from there. And yeah, just super excited. Incredible. Well, PJ, let's talk about your year. What are you going to remember from this year? Uh, probably my um, teammates. Uh, great people. Um, last year, I played for Domino's Flyers. Uh, it was my first year um, with them. Great people. Uh Last year was really fun. Um, there was so much pressure to do good every game because there were so many scouts attending the game. So it took some pressure off of that. If it wasn't for the enthusiasm and like in the change room and on the bench, uh, I don't I don't think I had that much fun this year. So it's because of them and coaching staff that made the game really fun for me. Alexi, you had a berth in the OHL Cup final, a tremendous season. What stands out to you maybe other than that, if there is even anything? Uh, I mean, we had a pretty good group of guys. Uh, probably one of the best groups I've uh, ever played with. And like for sure, OHL Cup final was uh, unbelievable. Such a great experience. And uh, the whole season was pretty cool too. We're talking with Alexi Medvedev, PJ Fagan, and Blake Aerosmith. Learn those names. They are knights right now and long into the future. Blake, let's talk about what you know about the Knights. This is a case of London not being too far away from Cleveland, but at the same time being a long way away. If you jump over the lake, no problem, but it's a bit of a longer drive around, and the OHL is, is not necessarily something that is top of mind in Cleveland. What do you know about the Knights? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, the Knights are just uh, such a historic organization, and uh, growing up here in Cleveland, uh, we've actually got a a lot of guys that have gotten into coaching and uh, even my agent now, they, some of them have gone through the OHL, um, including my agent. He played in Windsor. So um, there's just so many guys around here that have educated me about the league and um, especially London, just because they're, they're one of the, the top programs in the OHL right now. And, and they have been for a long time. And uh, the list of names, it, it goes on and, uh, you just you see you go down the list and and you you know all of them. They're they're big names. They've played lots of games in the NHL and have put up incredible numbers. So just seeing the talent that uh, is coming out of out of this organization just gets you fired up and ready to go. And um, especially to Chuck uh, being in the the NHL finals right now, it's it it just shows that uh, it produces great players. PJ, let's talk a little bit about becoming a London Knight. When that became official, what was that moment like for you? Oh, um, I almost broke down in tears. It was amazing. Um, being selected by the London Knights is an honor um, that I don't take lightly uh, because it's such a historic, as Blake said, it's such a historic and amazing organization. Professional from top to bottom and terrific players um, come from this organization and uh, they produce really good players. Uh, um, with extraordinary coaching and outstanding player selections. Um, they make players like us buy in uh, because of the professionalism and the track record. 
I'm looking forward to growing closer with the players next year and having an amazing season with them and possibly winning the Memorial Cup with them for sure. Fantastic. That's that's the plan right there. Alexi, sure. to close things off, talk to us a little bit about, you know, the the goaltender side of things. You're ready to wear some green and gold, get some green and gold pads? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Let's I mean, talk a little bit about the the kind of goalie you are. What exactly do you look at and say you do this well? Uh, I'm a really competitive and uh, athletic goalie. Uh, I move really well um, laterally. And uh, as I said, I'm really competitive. I fight for every puck till the end. And uh, I'm going to bring this to this team. Well, if there's one thing that everybody says about all three of you, it is that compete level, that desire to be as good as you can be. You're certainly in the right place for that. Congratulations to the three of you. And thanks so much for spending some time with us. No, thank you. Thank you a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Blake Aerosmith, PJ Fagan, and Alexei Medvedev, now of the London Knights. Before we go, why don't we just break down the London Knights depth chart as things sit for 2023-2024. So if we're looking at overage possibilities, you look at Max McHugh, Overagers are going to be born in 2003. You look at Ryan Humphrey, Connor Federkow, and Ethan McKinnon. You can only have three overage players, but those are the overage candidates that right now are coming back. I mean, anybody could sign a pro contract and be off and running and spend the year in the American Hockey League or the East Coast Hockey League or who knows. But right now it's Max McHugh, Ryan Humphrey, Connor Federkow, and Ethan McKinnon who are the overage candidates next season. And then you've got Denver Barkey and Easton Cowan coming back, and you think about the steps that they took last year where they were part of a second scoring line for the London Knights with Ryan Winterton. So likelihood that they stay together, and then you find a center who fits best with them. Is it Max McHugh? Is it Jacob Julian? Is it Brody Crane? Things that we'll have to see. Ruslan Gazazov. And Landon Sim and Brody Crane are the 04s along with Jacob Julian coming back. And then you've got 2005-born players Matthew Paris and Caden Johnston who played a little bit with the Knights. As far as 2006-born players, so guys who will be 17, Sam O'Reilly and Will Nickel up front. And then Blake Aerosmith as a 16-year-old. And then on defense, I mean, the Knights return six defensemen. Right now, Isaiah George and Jackson Edward and Alec Leonard are all 19-year-olds or in their 19-year-old season. Then you've got Oliver Bonk, who will be a shiny, brand-new NHL draft pick. And you've got Sam Dickinson, born in 2006, and now P.J. Fagan as a 16-year-old. And then in goal, Zach Bowen, Alexi Medvedev, and Owen Wilmore. So a lot of familiar names for the London Knights as they head into 23 and 24. That'll do it for this quick episode, quick catch up on the London Knights on the night shift. And we will return with a draft show and start some previews up in August. Make sure that whenever there's night's news, we get you caught up throughout the summer. Thanks for tuning in. Leave us a review. If you can tell your friends who are Knights fans about it, and we will be back to a much more regular schedule when the season gets a little bit closer. Enjoy the weather. 